Hi, my name is S.F. Armstrong. Today we're going to be reading my novel, Ace of Clubs. Today we're going to read Chapter 2. Chapter 3 will come out later in this week. There will be uh, two chapter uh, increment releases per week. Um, subscribe. Thank you. Chapter 2, Fire Sale for Westminster FC Fans by J.T. Everyone knows the rules of a fire sale. Everything must go. And with the news coming out of the Westminster camp, fans will surely think it is time to do away with the old to bring in the new. None of this even mentions past transgressions, like the new stadium plan that would displace hundreds of residents with nowhere else to go. What could go right? And Kane, if you were reading this, know I am rooting for you. Your story is too entertaining not to. And readers, know I do not watch sports. London. Eviction. That was what Tulsi's family faced as she could not come up with the money by the end of the summer. Her landlord had been kind the last two years, ever since her injury, but his courtesy only extended so far. Luckily, her boss had just given her a promotion from assistant to assistant. It was more of a side motion than a promotion, but it got her closer to the top, closer to someone who could give her a raise. Now here she was, scanning the streets outside the stadium for her new boss, Kane Shaw. She had only ever seen pictures of the man, but she had plenty of material from over the years to reference. Mr. Shaw was practically the star of the society pages, especially these last few months. Still, she found it odd in two years of working for Westminster FC, she had never caught, even caught a glimpse of him. Perhaps that said more about him than anything she had read. He was definitely not the most responsible owner. She had heard the staff rumblings over the past two years. According to those who had been part of the Westminster family since Orion Shaw bought the club in the 90s, things had declined ever since he gave the club to Kane. Seeing father's some nepotism did not make for sound business. Rumor had it, Kane never wanted the club. His father had just given it to him as a graduate school graduation present. Talk about first world problems. That was when someone she could swear was Kane emerged, and the photos on the tabloids did him more than a few favors. The sight in front of her was a mess and in no shape for the press conference. However, her job was not to clean him up or give him grooming tips, but to get him to her former boss, Dane. Dane could handle the situation from there because whatever this was in front of her was outside of her pay grade. Mr. Shaw, she called out to what looked to be more shell than a person. Are you going to spit on me too? Kane had a surprisingly resigned tone, accompanied by an expressionless face. What? Tulsi did not expect this to be a part of their first introduction. No, I am your assistant. Dane sent me to come and get you since you were late for a preseason opening press conference. I know, Kane blurted out somewhat aggressively before pulling his motions back from the fray. I slept with the, my alarm. Tulsi desperately hoped the rumors were false, but in one brief interaction, he proved everything said about him true. It was an eye-opening situation for her that was only giving her insight into her new role. This was no promotion or side motion. This was a demotion. What is your name? Tulsi's new boss broke her out of her silent feud with a friendly gesture she had no intention of returning with the same warmth. Tulsi Uran, but you can call me Miss Uran. The hope was to keep the relationship strictly professional. Tulsi had heard all the gossip about him, including the tales about his womanizing, and this job was simply too important for her to get dragged into any of that drama. She just hoped she could hold her tongue long enough to get paid for her family's sake. It is nice to meet you, Tulsi. Kane extended his hand toward her, clearly missing her insistence on being addressed by her last name. Likewise, Tulsi could almost feel her eyes roll as she exchanged pleasantries with him. 
While she could force her mouth to move, she simply could not will her hand to greet her new boss with the same manners. So she skipped the handshake entirely and turned around to signal to him it was time to get to business. She hoped he would be more adept at picking up on this signal considering his prior ignorance. Sure enough, he understood as she started walking into the stadium building he was supposed to follow her. She noticed a shift in the atmosphere as they meandered down the concrete hallways. The usual hellos and good mornings the staff would pay each other were absent. They would not even make eye contact with Tulsi right now. Seeing Tulsi was not the only employee to hear the rumors. If Westminster FC could not achieve promotion by the end of this season, then most, if not all, of the backroom staff here today would be unemployed by this time next year. Tim was not exactly inspiring confidence. The team sold many star players from the previous season to cushion the financial hole in the organization through being demoted to the much less lucrative second division of the English football hierarchy. Second best was, in fact, just first to lose in terms of financial gain. Tulsi just hoped her new boss would not dig the hole any deeper, but that was why she was taking him to Dane. If anyone could take control of the situation, it would be her former boss. Without him, she would not even have a job here. He had offered her an olive branch after her old club declined to renew her contract following her injury two years ago, and she had faith in him for that reason alone. He had bailed her out of one crisis, and she was hoping he could do the same again. Tulsi and Kane stopped in front of the metal doors with a huge sign above them reading, Press Room. Tulsi's chaperoning duties ended here. She could hear some kind of ruckus on the other side of the doors, but she knew better than to question Dane, so she followed through on his instructions and knocked. The door opened ajar, and Dane peeked his head through the door. He looked at Tulsi. You got him? Dane's American accent seemed less out of place than usual in the presence of Kane. Tulsi motioned with one hand toward Kane, and she expected Dane's reaction to be incendiary. If she were in his shoes, hers would be. What the hell happened? Dane became immediately alarmed upon seeing Kane's state of attire. Tulsi's former boss was always immaculately dressed and had perfect posture. His office looked unused because he cleaned it so meticulously. The two men were in total contrast to one another. One was night while the other was day, although a more apt analogy might have been Dane was beauty and Kane was the beast. I woke up late. Kane stated the obvious. Did you get run over as well? Because you look like a mess. Dane almost winced as he cradled the bridge of his nose between his index finger and thumb while the rest of his hand balled up into a fist. I know this is not ideal, but I prepared some speaking points for the conference at least. Kane was clearly not getting that the only topic during this press conference was going to be where they picked up the homeless man pretending to be Kane Shaw, and that was a best-case scenario. I hope your speech is as shocking as what you were wearing, because that is the only thing that is going to save this from going off the rails. Dane opened the door and almost shoved Kane toward the podium in an outlet of frustration. The door was about to close, but Tulsi used her foot to prop it open just enough for her to hear the chatter inside the room. This was like the sight of a car crash, and she could not help but look at it despite how inappropriate it was. Kane tapped the microphone, causing a loud boom from the speaker that quieted the uproar from the journalists while simultaneously making them that much more hostile. Kane was off to a great start. There was a brief silence, and no one said anything. Before long, it had become clear to Tulsi her new boss was frozen, though she could not actually see him. We will now take questions. Dane cut in on the microphone on Kane's behalf as the room roared back to life, following that momentary lull in silence. Mr. Shaw, 
The first journalist began. Do you care to comment on what you were wearing? No comment, Kane whispered into the mic. Tulsi almost started feeling bad for the man. He had walked into a minefield with no idea of what lay ahead. What are your plans for the club this season? Another journalist shot. There was another awkward pause from the podium. Dane cut in once again. You're not able to reveal anything at this time. Have you found a new manager? Another member of the press piggybacked before being called on by Dane, who was acting as the press officer right now. Again, we cannot discuss that at this time. Dane held firm. Everyone knew that meant no, but that was not a big revelation. The club had been searching ever since Giovanni's exit, but Westminster was radioactive after what Kane did. No one appreciates their boss trying to shag their daughter, especially when it was in secret. What are your thoughts about Giovanni Santoro's new managerial appointment? And that was when Kane snapped. Moments later, Dane rushed Kane into the hallway while Tulsi tried to back away from the door to hide her eavesdropping before the men came bursting through the doorway. Everything about Kane reeked of aggression at that moment. His eyes narrowed, his fists clenched, and his teeth gritted. Dane turned toward Tulsi. Since you are still here, take him to his office and wait there for me. The press conference was clearly over and he was just going in to confirm to a press room that now had plenty of controversies to play with. Hopefully, he could quiet the growing discontent fueled by Kane's actions. Tulsi took Kane by the hand and pulled him down the hallway because she knew with him in this state, words would not puncture the manic state he had whipped himself into. Action was the only thing that would get him away from the situation. Once she could get Kane into his office, he seemed to calm down. In fact, he just sat down on one of the couches. It seemed her boss had some emotional irregularities she would have to learn to deal with. Right now, Tulsi could not fix her boss. That was Dane's duty. So she admired the decor in the room. This used to be where Orion resided, but she had never actually been inside the room. On the walls were kits mounted inside glass cases. She was not a Westminster supporter, at least not until she worked here. Therefore, Tulsi was not overly familiar with the names on the back of the jerseys, but she knew what the numbers meant. Tulsi saw the number 9 indicating it belonged to the striker, the goal scorer on the team. The 10, or the playmaker's number, is responsible for the majority of assists and number 7 for the winger. She had played as a number 7 during her youth career. The position suited her because she was short, wiry, and quick with her feet. She had everything a proper winger needed to succeed, even if she only got to show her skills at the senior level a few times. The last shirt adorning the wall had long sleeves and the number one on the back. Teams always reserved that for the goalkeeper. And for Tulsi, considering her footballing idol was a goalkeeper, that caught her eye. Megan Brooks, the United States national team's goaltender and bona fide superstar, had won every cup a woman could. Megan even won several humanitarian awards most women never do. She was an inspiration on and off the field to women everywhere. At her last public appearance, Megan had thrown down the gauntlet to any male teams that wanted to help her establish the women's game as a serious sport by allowing her to play for them. Clearly, she wanted to prove women could keep up with the men. No one had taken her up on it to date, but she had only made the announcement at the beginning of the summer. Someone would surely call to collect in due time. How bad was it? Kane drew Tulsi out of her daydream. She almost forgot he was there as she took in the room's many artifacts. Whatever you are thinking, multiply that by at least two, Tulsi answered honestly. As you can see, I was not prepared. Kane was downcast in tone and demeanor now. Was that true about you being spit on earlier? Yeah, this kid spit on me a few minutes before I met you. 
Tulsi almost regretted her handshakes note from earlier. Despite all the stories she had heard, Tulsi hoped this was just an off day. Her family's living situation kind of depended on this not becoming a regular occurrence. The door flew open just as Tulsi began warming up to her new boss. Dane almost busted down the entryway before slamming it shut. He first glanced at Tulsi. Try not to eavesdrop from now on. Then he turned toward Kane. What was that? Kane once again said nothing. It seemed whatever got to him at the press conference was getting to him again. Go easy on him. Tulsi could not believe she was actually defending her new boss right now. It had been a rough day for everyone. Neither of you understand the turmoil we are in. The rumors around here are not even half the story. Dane started to explain. A kit sponsor pulled off by enacting a morality clause due to the scandal Dane caused. Our kit manufacturer pulled off for the same reason. We have money for new players or a new manager, but not both. Dane must have performed some sort of miracle to keep the kit news under wraps from the press, because no one would have let those details go unpublished. Tulsi was, at last, speechless. Their family was facing eviction. That much was clear. We can fix this, Kane finally said something. Rather than buckle under the added pressure, he seemed to be the only one with a clear head. I read a sports finance book in college, and the players matter more than the management, at least in this sport. Great. Dane did not even attempt to hide the sarcasm in his voice. You still have to resolve the kit situation and find players who want to come here despite the fact we will not have a manager. Tulsi snapped to attention. After realizing her new job as Kane's assistant was more work with no pay increase, she hoped she could use this opportunity to get out of that role and maybe even talk her way into a promotion. Dane, Tulsi knew she had to persuade here. You remember why you hired me, right? Yes. Dane sounded annoyed, almost like he thought this was sidetracking them from the real problems at hand. And why did you? Tulsi needed him to say it. Otherwise, he would rebuff her next suggestion. You know more about football than I do. Right. Tulsi had set everything up perfectly for this moment. And it sounds like we need someone to manage the team more than Kane needs an assistant. And if we let you manage the team, what will you bring to the table? Kane cut in before Tulsi could actually say the words, make me the manager. You were seriously questioning your credentials after that absolute disaster you created. Dane leveled the playing field. It seemed the schism between her bosses was an even better selling point than what Tulsi had initially planned. And considering Tulsi's financial situation, she would take everything she could get, even if spite was the primary motivation. If she can convince the players to follow her, then by all means, but there is no official title to go with it until then. Kane conceded somewhat to Dane and Tulsi's demand. I think I can come up with a new kit designer and advertiser. Dane seemed to agree to Kane's terms. With the manager versus player situation resolved, that seemed to get Dane to stop thinking like an aggressor and instead act like the problem solver Tulsi had become accustomed to working for during her time as his assistant. Then we just need to find players who will come here. Kane was ushering the trio toward more solutions. Everyone was on the same page. Tulsi knew now was the time to throw her idol's name into the ring and possibly even earn some respect from her new boss. How about Megan Brooks? That woman goalkeeper Kane raised an eyebrow? It impressed Tulsi. Kane knew who she was. The very same. Tulsi pulled out her phone to show them the video of Brooks announcing her intention to play for a men's side. At the end of the video, Kane pointed to one of the suggested clips. It read, Gabriel Sané returns to soccer after rehab, but no club will sign him. Is Sané good? 
I know we have frequented some of the same parties. Tulsi was growing more impressed by her new boss every moment. He had gone from hopeless imbecile to a willing student in less than an hour. He's quite good. If you signed him, he would be the best striker in the division. Kane extended his hand to Tulsi for another handshake. I'm still reserving the title manager until you convince me a bit more, but consider me one over for the moment. Tulsi was now about to do the unthinkable, considering what she thought of the man when she first met him. But somehow, after everything she had just seen in her home situation, this felt right. So Tulsi shook Kane's hand. Deal. Thank you for listening, and if you like this, remember to subscribe. You can also find more information on my website, www.sianchairights.com. That's S-E-A-N-A-C-H-A-I-D-H, rights.com. Thank you.